And welcome to day two of the Peacappy Podcast Boxing Day Holiday Marathon. What you've stumbled upon, if it's your first time, is a Pokemon anime podcast going through every episode of the Pokemon series for a hyper in-depth look. And we're doing the traditional holiday marathon where I bombard you with an episode every single day uh, from now until New Year's. I hope you enjoy. Tonight we are on Advanced Generation number 28, Seeing is Believing. But before we get into that, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Poke Press, and they are making good use of the holiday season to put up a bunch of new videos uh, announcing some news on a new anime CD release. A lot of tracks from the English dub that are finally getting their CD debut. There's some speculation on uh, what if some new Pokemon Pinball games were released today and some unboxing of the Aim to be a Pokemon Master 2017 CD. You can go back a little further for some parody music that's Pokemon themed, some discussions about Pokemon movie ending themes that I'm totally involved in. And the archive is full of interviews with actors and musicians and directors and people who have worked on Pokemon in many capacities or have fanned about Pokemon in many capacities. I was recently scrolling through and came across a video from Pokemon Worlds 2017, uh, a lovely young girl named Robin dressing up as Yellow from the Pokemon Adventures manga. And that is a cosplay I don't think I've often seen people do. And Steven's got a few videos with cosplayers uh, telling telling their secrets about how they made their costume or why why they chose that particular costume. So whatever part of the Pokemon fandom is your jam, there's something on PokePress for you. So check them out on YouTube or at their blog page, pokepress.blogspot.com. Um, I will also have that info on my blog page, and you can get that info by listening all the way to the end of the episode. Like I said, that episode is number 28 of Advanced Generation, Seeing is Believing. And we open up with the typical breakfast scene. Um, Only this time, Professor Birch has joined the kids. Uh, He showed up last episode and has decided to hang out with them for a few days, I guess. And so we start the morning by sucking up to Brock and his cooking, uh, showing the professor all the new Pokemon everyone's caught, And I love how Birch is, like, crawling on the ground and getting right up in the Pokemon's face. It it means that he can't dodge Corfish's crab hammer, but it's really cute. Also cute, in Jessie's opinion, is her Silcoon, a.k.a. her Cascoon. 
But, you know, at least she takes care of it and showers it with affection, which might be more than some of her other team gets on a regular basis. I'm sure Wobbuffet is feeling a little jealous. Like, you throw a fit every time I come out of my Pokeball and you just carry this bug around in your arms. Just love me, Jesse. Uh, but James and Meowth have finally decided to confront Jessie and tell her the truth. That thing is not gonna evolve into a beautiful eye. James even shows her a Silcoon trading card and points out they don't look alike. It's, it's Cascoon. It's not gonna evolve into Beautifly. And Jessie's like, meh, fake news. It's a lost cause. Back with the twerps, they've stumbled upon our Pokemon of the day, Dot. The little acorn-like Pokemon have fallen out of the tree and bonked them on the head. The kids make friends, though, and notice the C-Dot don't look great. They're kind of sad. At first, they think they're thirsty. Um, but the Pokemon won't drink from Max's canteen. Brock hypothesizes that it's because C-Dot drink water from their heads. Like, they, they absorb it from the trees, um, so Ash lifts one up and lets it cling to a tree branch, but after a few seconds, it, it falls back down like overripe fruit. So, it's not like in the tree. A little ways off, the group notices there was a landslide knocking down all the trees, and it's possible that the trees CDOT liked to drink from were all knocked over in the slide, and, and yeah, that'll make you sad. So they need a new home. In the meantime, Professor Birch suggests another way to cheer the C dot up, rubbing them with leaf. Apparently they like this, and it does work. And so does Professor Birch getting down on the ground and just rolling around with the C dot in, in some kind of game. At first, we wonder if the professor is entirely well, but Brock points out that his research process is all about communicating with the Pokemon on their level. So he doesn't patronize them. He doesn't talk to them from six feet above. He doesn't act like, hello, I'm the professor and I'm in charge here. He, he gets down on the ground so he can look them in the eye, plays the games they like to play. He acclimates to them rather than the other way around. It's kind of sweet. And, you know, while Ash's responsibilities as a trainer sometimes means he has to play the authority card, like, I'm in charge, you all need to listen. Most of the time, I think this is his mindset and the relationship he aspires to have with Pokemon. So this is educational for him. And also for May, because this is the exact opposite of her worldview, but it, but it is working for, for Professor Birch. So it's good for her to see different ways of relating to Pokemon from authority figures that she respects. Well, Team Rocket is watching, like always. The twerps have stayed in basically one place for weeks now. They're making it real easy for them. Uh, so they decide to steal the ste- So they decide to steal the C-Dot. That was hard. <laughs> um, Meowth comes up with a borderline plausible boss fantasy, and, and they spring into action, leading off with a haze attack. And you know... For all people malign Ash's memory in relation to the Pokedex, Professor Birch should get it much worse. He just saw Team Rocket yesterday. I believe he also met them some episodes earlier, so really, he shouldn't have to ask who they are. He also shouldn't tell Jessie that her Silcoon's a Cascoon, because she doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> I gotta wonder what Cascoon thinks about all this, like... 
if it's irritated that Jesse's calling it by the wrong name or or it's like, yes, someday I will be a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> like, I love the idea that it's as delusional as Jesse is. Or or maybe it wishes it was a Silcoon. I, I mean, it's not the first time we've met a Pokemon who was wanting to transition into another species. On the other hand, I do believe the Wurmple evolve into Silcoon or Cascoon based off their, their personality levels. And, I, and I'm not sure that means that uh, Cascoon here knows that it's going to be a dust ox and not a beautifly. Or if... That's just the result that will make it happy. So I'm curious as to whether or not it feels anxious knowing that it's not going to turn into what its trainer wants or if it really doesn't care what dumb names Jesse's calling it. Like, you know, <laughs> Penny for Penny for Cascoon Silcoon's thoughts right now, basically. Um, but whatever the case, the Pokemon battle of Silcoon versus oddly shaped Silcoon May's Pokemon evolves first. In a flash of light, it's ready to show people what a real beautifly is. And after everyone's done marveling at the beauty of evolution, Cascoon attacks its rival with String Shot. Beautifly is defended by Corfish, and Team Rocket is all knocked into the forest to contemplate why Jesse's Pokemon didn't evolve. But with the twerps, everyone's really happy for Beautifly. I think Brock is happier than Beautifly's own trainer. Like, he actually has a moment like, my child has come of age. Here, I want you to have this now that you're old enough. Like, he made a special jelly just for Beautifly and has been hanging on to it in the hopes of giving it to it once it's evolved. Brock, team mom. Uh, But May is actually in the mood to train, so she checks out some of Beautifly's attacks uh, Professor Birch gives her some advice and props to help challenge Beautifly a little. She gets on that, and the rest of the gang sets out to find a new home for the displaced Sea Dot. And that's kind of troublesome. The Sea Dot don't like any of the trees in this forest, so they just gotta keep looking, I guess. <laughs> it's no real clues right now as to why, like what makes one cluster of trees better than another. Uh, but in the meantime, Team Rocket is hard at work getting their Silcoon to evolve into a Beautifly. Even if two out of three, no, that's impossible. Like, Meowth is forced to battle Silcoon to give it some experience. He loses, so, wow. Also, I think this is the first time we've seen James refereeing a match. Like, I did not realize he knew how. Not like there's a whole lot of need to know the rules and enforcing of said rules here, but still. Next up to battle is Cacnea, and wow, Jesse and Silcoon, my gosh, that is a team right there. They are taking out the rest of Team Rocket one by one. When Jesse puts her mind to things. This time Meowth is refing the match, and good thing he's got those skills too, because Jesse's not letting anyone catch a break until Silcoon evolves. But since she's wiping the floor with the rest of Team Rocket, she needs to seek out stronger opponents. And who has the strongest Pokemon she knows? <laughs> time to go knocking on Ash's door. Like he'd turned down a fight with Team Rocket. <laughs> It kind of catches Ash off guard when Team Rocket shows up and they're like, yeah, we want to battle you fairly. Enough that when Jessie calls her Cascoon to action, it's May who takes up the fight. Ash is just kind of standing there. 
Um, Ash does get into the battle soon enough, though. He and Trico take on James and Cacnea, and Meowth decides to go back to their original plan for the episode while everyone's kung fu fighting. He goes to grab all the CDOT, which is kind of a shame. They finally found some trees they like. Brock defends the Pokemon with Mudkip. And during all this chaos, backed into a corner, Silcoon, Cascoon, whatever it was, is now evolving into something else. The light shines. The form changes. And Meowth jumps in front of it, dressed like a beautiful eye. Yeah, uh, Jesse is not fooled by this. Uh, but Meowth and James are desperate. Like, Jesse's been declaring war and murder on anyone who suggests she's not going to get a beautiful eye. And, and they know how nature works. Jesse throws out Meowth a fly, shoves James out of the way, and finally gets a look at her new Pokemon. And yeah, she didn't get a pretty winged delicacy. She got Mothra. It's a Dustox. And, well, the Dustox, formerly known as Silcoon, doesn't seem upset by that. It's, it's pretty giddy, excited to show off its new form to Jessie. She's more than a little stunned. She, she did all the same things as May. But in the end, her Wurmple's personality and what all, it wanted to be a Cascoon, and so it could only become a Dustox. Which seems to be the form that makes the Pokemon in question happiest. And while for a moment it looks like Jessie's gonna go nuclear on the countryside, when she explodes, it is with joy. She's like, this is the most rad thing that's ever happened to me. I love you, Dustox. <laughs> she and Dustox are ready to decimate the twerps now. And if the rest of the episode has taught us anything, when Jessie's actually invested in her Pokemon care and training regime, she's actually a decent trainer. So the tables have now turned on Beautifly, and now it is a battle of winged insects. And I would like to put forth a question of who is May's rival in this series, because she kind of has a few. And Drew tends to get front and center, but I think the day that these two caught their wormples, like, Jessie has been a pretty fair rival to May. And though she doesn't perform quite as well on the contest circuit... Jessie does battle May more often, and the two young women have things to prove to each other. Like, sometimes Jessie and Misty butted heads over things, usually beauty, uh, but I never would have called them rivals. But May and Jessie are challenging each other in all sorts of ways, and I think maybe Jessie supersedes Drew for that role. We'll see if I feel the same way as the series progresses, but I definitely think Jessie deserves to be ranked among May's rivals. Because both on the professional Pokemon training level and a personal level, these two do challenge each other, force each other to improve, and often have to battle each other for the same goals. And they develop a connection that even Ash doesn't really have with Team Rocket. Anyway, at the moment, uh, the fair fight has taken a turn. James has called his Cacnea in to gang up two against Beautifly, so Ash has to send in his Trico to take a metaphorical bullet for the team. After that, he recalls Trico and then sends in Corfish, so we have a fair two-on-two fight. Corfish takes Cacnea, Beautifly is able to defeat Dustox, and then Corfish sends the trio blasting off with Bubble Beam. But Jessie doesn't consider this a loss. She doesn't even notice that they're blasting off like, Dustox, you were so great, I couldn't ask for better. Well, Jessie's happy. 
which means James and Meowth are all happy. Dustox is super happy. The Sea Dot are happy. The only one not happy is Ash. He didn't get any training in. I guess battling Team Rocket just doesn't do it for him anymore. So that's going to be tomorrow's job for him. In the meantime, Professor Birch has to get back to Little Root Town, so we say goodbye to him. And yeah, an interesting episode. Weird and quirky in the way Advanced Generation is, but we're not in filler mode anymore. We got Team Evolutions, two of them. We get to see May actually training, actually a little bit enthusiastic about training. And I think we learned a lot about Jesse. And I think I've taken for granted up to this point what good care she has been taking care of Cascoon. Like, as much as her dotage is played for comedic effect, it's, it's a little over the top. She loves that thing. And she kept it groomed. She used it in battles. About as much as May, really. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, being that it is the holiday marathon, it will not be long before you get another episode downloaded to your feed. So if you want to stay up to date with the podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Zoom, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also find us at pcappypodcast.blogspot.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at PCAPI Podcast. If you want to shoot any thoughts about who May's real rival is or anything else concerning the podcast you can also send questions comments etc to pcappypodcast at gmail.com in the meantime thank you so much for listening this has been pcappy podcast gotta catch them all <laughs>